Hey everyone, this is Kim and Mark Holinsky. Thank you for joining us. Welcome to United, a Holinsky's Hope powered podcast focusing on student athletes. We really wish we could be in a room with our student athletes talking about their mental health and how important it is to their happiness and performance in their sport. Since we can't do that right now with COVID-19, we are keeping true to our mission, working to raise awareness and ending the stigma attached to mental illness. And so, we're embarking on a way we can still bring you our message of hope and support, a podcast dedicated to student-athletes and their mental wellness. We've teamed up with some incredible mental health experts across the country and are honored to have Dr. Josie Nicholson, sports psychologist at Ole Miss, host these podcasts for us. Dr. Nicholson will be using her passion for student-athlete mental health as a foundation driving the conversations that will be featured in these United podcasts. Please follow Holinsky's Hope on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And you can contact us via email at info at holinskyshope.org. Always for Tyler. And forever to three. United Conversations for Student-Athletes. I'm your host, Dr. Josie Nicholson. It's been six months since we first started this podcast, and we've had some of the most amazing guests on, sports psychologists, athletes, administrators, coaches. But the person we started with, Dr. Tom Golightly, Assistant Director in Athletics at BYU. He's the sports psychologist in BYU Athletics directing their services for athletes, and he kind of helped kick all this off with, gosh, what do we do now? Well, six months later, we're still here, and we're still having conversations about uncertainty and anxiety and how to handle everything. Well, we thought it would be great at the beginning of the semester to just look forward and talk about how we're going to Uh, conquer this obstacle. Athletes, humans are so resilient, and I know that we're going to come out of this with so many lessons learned and stronger for it. But today we're going to be talking about grit. Now, we're all going to need to tap into our inner resilience and ability to persevere in the face of uncertainty to really grow in this time. We need to shift our vision to long-term goals and find that courage, the conscientiousness, the perseverance, the resilience, and the passion within all of us to get through. Now, grit is a psychological uh, term. It's uh, something that's being researched and talked about. Um, Angela Duckworth has done a lot of work in this area. And Tom really is going to break it down nicely and help us build grit, tap into the resilience that we all have, and give us some tools that we can use to have some confidence going forward that we're not just going to survive it, we're not just going to get through it, but we're going to look back and be like, dang, that was a semester to remember. So let's get going with today's conversation with Dr. Tom Golightly. Tom, welcome back to United. 
Thanks, Josie. It's uh, good to be here. You know, it's so weird. A few months ago, we were talking about needing to have the mindset of running a marathon, not a sprint. I think I should have said ultra marathon or something dumber than that. Like it's if we're just still in this. This is an Ironman. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Worse than an Ironman. A double Ironman, maybe. Much. I mean, that was six months ago. And uh, I, I think that I know for me, I did not imagine everything unfolding the way that it did. And I didn't think that we would like still be wondering how the fall was going to look in the middle of the fall. Uh, I, I know, you know, I, I grew up in the South and in the desert Southwest, but now I'm here raising my family in Utah. And the first snow of the year is always kind of awe-inspiring, but the second snowfall I always say, I'm already sick of cold and snow, but I still have five more months of it. And I kind of have to find that spot of, I don't know how long we have left, but I have to accept what's going on. So hopefully uh, we're in the middle phase of this and not the beginning phase, but we, we kind of do have to accept that we're, we don't know where we're at in as far as the development of pandemics, social injustice, other things that are, that are kind of befalling society. Yeah. And you know, that's a really, so I want to talk today about how you do that. How do you find this place of acceptance? Cause I think there's, there's times that we all have to do that, right? Like whether it's an injury or, you know, um, loss of a, a loved one or, or cha- uh, plans that change unexpectedly or whatever, but there's something to accept. And I think right now, part of the difficulty is that there's so much uncertainty and unknown and controversy right now around so much of it that it's like, okay, wait, what am I accepting now? Yeah, that is so uh, true. All of the uncertainty that, that, that kind of surrounds uh, our current circumstance. Yes. But you bring up injury and, and other things in life there that, that there isn't a lot of certainty in many contexts. If we, we can actually get stuck in, in trying to, to uh, describe all of the uncertainty around us. But as I was preparing today, I was talking with my spouse and reflecting on the passage of time in the last several months. And in some ways, it kind of feels like we're all collectively experiencing a a fissure in the timeline, like an Avengers-like, we're changing the timeline, like pre and post COVID. Mm -hmm. And that happens with injury and other big things that athletes might experience. And it causes so much disruption and change that we view everything differently. And it provides new context for, for our living situation. And because of our constant worry and the feelings of disconnect as a result of some of those ongoing things, um, I've, I observed that w- we all struggle through that to some extent or another. And, and we sometimes, because of that event, we forget that there's good in life, both before the challenges and after the challenges have occurred. And because of that, we have a hard time accepting that good and bad occurred before and good and bad will continue to occur in our lives. But I want to challenge that notion that we have potentially created artificially, which is a notion that we have that historical timeline disruption and forevermore we will be defined by COVID. Uh, you know, there's there's a cost to living through history and there's definitely uh, an impactful, a long-term impactful type of uh, circumstance that we're in right now and there will be ramifications for years, but we can still develop a sense of ownership over how we conduct ourselves and where or what we are looking for to find the good and the bad things that tend to keep us moving forward. So I guess we could start 
by talking about how we might keep our eyes and minds focused on those long-term goals, notwithstanding all of the struggle around us. You know, I, I like what you said about, um, you know, kind of living through this history. So I lived in uh, the Gulf Coast and a part-time in New Orleans during Katrina. And yeah. so anybody from that area, you just define, there's like, well, was that pre-Katrina or post-Katrina? Like, it's just a phrase. And it's kind of where the marker is. And I think looking back, it was like this grief about things will never be the same. But now, so many years later, they're pretty good, you know, and some yeah. bad things have happened and some bad things have happened. And, you know, there are still parts of pre-Katrina Noel's I miss. And, um, and so it's just things are, are never as bad as they seem. And, you know, especially when you're past it looking back. So finding these ways to look forward to the long-term goals, I think is a really helpful stance to take. Well, and, you know, last time as we met, you know, when, when I think back to six months ago, um, it does kind of seem a little bit like everything's changed and everything's the same. The same is the uncertainty. We still don't know. We don't know what spring is going to look like. We don't know when sport will, will fully start up again, when we'll have fans in the stands and, you know, have, have regular away games, right? Um, and there's a lot of stepping, stepping into the unknown. Uh, but, you know, what's, what's, what's different is, you know, how we show up to workouts, <laughs> attending school, buying groceries, sport environments. They're, they're all very different. Um, so it does feel like everything's changed and everything is still the same in some way in six months. And there's a, a cognitive psychologist, Hogarth, who, who spoke about wicked learning environment versus kind learning environment. And the wicked uh, environment is unpredictable, where the feedback is delayed and maybe even inaccurate. And, and, and there's no sense of, of rules. The rules are constantly changing versus a kind environment that's predictable, and the feedback is immediate and we understand it and it's clear that the objective is in front of us. And I feel like we've been just living in that wicked learning environment for six months, which makes it hard to look through those long-term goals, but it is still doable. You know, our reality this week might not be the reality next week and, and, and we can do it, uh, but we have to be able to embrace the realities of the current week that we're in. And I think part of that part is that we're all just kind of walking around with the exception of wearing masks like there's nothing wrong you know right <laughs> and it, it is hard sometimes we don't even know that we have that need mm -hmm. to uh improve our our situation um in sport uh, you know it's, it's tough to know when we have to shift sometimes we get stuck in our mindset and want to do what what we prepared but in the middle of a performance I, I know i come from a football background sometimes the game plan was not good and we have to change the game plan and shift the perspective um i'm reminded of a winston churchill quote he said to improve is to change to be perfect is to change often and we're right now in a constant need to kind of shift that perspective and improve our options in some ways we can still act while being acted upon by all of these societal issues that we've got. If we accept the current context, which will likely change in the next day or two, uh, we can do things even within 
the circumstance that we find ourselves. So what are some ways to kind of hang in there in the situation? I mean, you know, I think ignoring it doesn't work and, um, you know, trying to keep a positive attitude is, you know, important, but really difficult. So uh, a psychologist, Angela Duckworth, she's done a lot of research on the notion of grit. Right, right? Yeah. Um, and that ability to maintain effort or energy towards long-term goals in the face of, of real struggle. And some of those things that have been identified as very important is to maintain passion, to, to keep work ethic, keep going at it. That there's an interplay between talent and how much you're willing to, to, to perfect or, or to, to improve upon that talent. So some resilience and a willingness to endure some of those difficulties. And, and so it becomes about learning how to improve our grit in order to keep our eyes on that long-term focus. And the first one I'd, I'd want to mention is last time we talked about increasing self-compassion. And a part of increasing self-compassion is also increasing self-acceptance and acceptance of the context and others around you. We often fight accepting the circumstance. I was just working with a student athlete who had been told by uh, their coaches um, uh, after uh, a spring uh, off-season workout, um, you know, maybe you ought to think about not being on on our team in this program. We'll help you transfer somewhere else. And um, he really had a hard time hearing that message and accepting what they were telling him. And he kind of tried to grind through, I can change their minds, I can do it, even though their minds were made up. And it wasn't until he really fully embraced, oh, nope, this is my current context. I've got to stop fighting what my context is, that he freed up options to get his needs met. And so when we, uh, when we allow ourselves to let go of the fight of that acceptance and, and embrace the uniqueness of our context, we allow ourselves to act within that context. So another example would be, you know, as we were all in lockdown, I can't work out in my facilities. Okay, well, you can still work out in some way. It's not perfect, but can you do what you're able to do? And we're impatient mostly because that uh, situation, our workouts at home are vastly inferior in our minds compared to what we could have done in a different context, but that's a context that doesn't exist. So now it's our current condition. What can I do in it? And you learn a lot about yourself and your, and your psychological flexibility if you're able to truly embrace uh, the context and your ability, your strengths, your growth edges to move within that context. I think that's so important, the idea of like looking at what you can do because it is so easy to get uh, trapped by all the things that you can't do and, and feel defeated. But when you have this attitude of almost curiosity, but, um, you know, kind of uh, optimism in a way of like, you know, you can always do something. And so what can I do and how can I move forward, even if I can't sprint forward or I can't, you know, um, and the self-compassion thing. One, one thing that uh, sticks out to me from the first time we talked was when you were like, you know, saying, so many people are like, well, I'm not handling this as well as somebody else. And you're like, are we really comparing how we're handling global pandemics? You know? 
it's so funny, but it's so true. It's like it, yes, and it, I see with my athletes right now. How are you handling the canceling of the season? It seems like some people are doing well with it, and some people aren't. It's like no, it, it sucks for everybody, right? Like we yeah. can't really compare how well we're doing with that because that's like worst case scenario in sport participation, right? Yeah. Well, the second thing that, uh, you know, I'd want to bring up is, is being a courageous athlete. Mm. Uh, that can help with, uh, with improving grit as well. You know, I, I mentioned kind of growing up in the South, one of my favorite things to do, I know this sounds weird is to go on a run when it's foggy and it's a little bit dark outside. And I just kind of love the air for some reason. But sometimes when the traffic lights are kind of lighting the fog, when you get to the edge of that light cone, you really can't see outside of it. And uh, and you have to kind of just keep running and know that there's always light for one more step. And if you take one step, you see the light for the next step and the next step. And even though there's uncertainty, have the courage to take one more step and you realize that that there are some other options at the end of that step and um you know i'm reminded of uh, rosa parks this is a quote that i that i write down and i have in my office and um she said i've learned over the years that when one's mind is made up this diminishes fear and worry knowing accepting what must be done does away with fear and it, it's just, it's not that the fear necessarily uh, goes away all the way, but just you've accepted that that's going to be part of what's going to, what's going to happen. So have the courage to take a few steps as you move forward. And uh, you'll find that you have enough strength and stamina to take the next one. You know, I, when I work with um, athletes that are afraid to, um, you know, get back out there, on the pitch after ACL surgery, for example, mm-hmm. and there's a fear. I mean, that's, you know, that's typically there. Um, but the, the thought is kind of like, well, you have made the decision to play. You have made the decision to get back out there. So are you um, going to change your mind about that? And typically, no, I'm, I'm going to do it. So accept that as you're feeling the fear. Yes. I, I feel afraid of this and I'm going to do it anyway um, because holding yourself back is just, first of all, not a lot of fun <laughs> and it, it can um, lead to some worse outcomes anyway. So, you know, feeling the fear and doing it anyway is the definition of courage. I, I think it's one of the things that we can best um, encourage others uh, to do as well having courage is also trusting, trusting the people around you, trusting, for example, in that, in that uh, instance with, with the, the hypothetical athlete, trusting your trainers and your doctors, they've given you the go ahead. There's a reason they've given that to you. Uh, trusting your teammates to have your back. They're not expecting you to, to be back in, in super elite level. The first drill that you do, they, they understand that it's a process and, and, and trusting your family and those that are around you to support you. You know, even with this, as as there are scary things that come up, you know, trust those that are around you that are taking care of you, that have created the protocols and and done those things, not just in athletics, but on campus. And, uh, you know, having the courage to kind of go forth and and do what you can, again, within the context that that exists. So the, an example of this would be, you know, there's a lot of fear 
that we're going to get into the middle of these fall seasons, whether it's volleyball, basketball, you know, soccer, uh, you know, loads of others, right? And it's going to be shut down. And, you know, my, my thing is, of course, that's possible, you know, and of course, that's a fear. That is, you know, a worry. Um, however, have, is that going to change your behavior? Are you going to show up every day? Are you going to give it your all? Are you going to be engaged in every part of the process and go with whatever happens until things change? That perfectly leads into the third point uh, that I was going to bring up, which is be present. Mm -hmm. Work for today and be the best you that you can be today because this is our context today. Now, what does it look like next week? I don't know. Right. And you're bringing up, we don't know if we're making it to the end of the fall season. We don't know. But what can we do? We can be right here, right now, today. And what we've lost in the last few months is done. It's gone. Um, and we can't predict what's going to happen in in October, not to mention January, February, March. Right. So we can uh, use that energy that we would be using to try to predict that and bring it back to what we're doing right here, right now. And, and that's, that's also improving grit through our ability to be what we, that's the mindful athlete, right? Being in the present. So I, I think you, you're very wise to bring that up. I think there's something as we talk about focus as well, like, you know, what are we, um, we're focusing on today. We're focusing on what we can do. Um, there's a, a quote that, you know, hang on, Tom, it's kind of deep, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I got you. I'll stick with you. <laughs> sitting down. It's, uh, Albert Camus, um, still sitting here. And, uh, it's, uh, in the midst of winter, I found there was within me an invincible summer. And so mm. being able to, and I, I just love that because there are times when it does look bleak or, or disheartening or. Um, even worse, but we, if we shift our focus to our internal resources, I mean, we are amazing, resilient, adaptive creatures and athletes are the essence of that, you know, for humanity. And, and so recognizing the strength and adaptability that we all have, uh, in our very resilient souls. You know, that, that quote is surprisingly deep for a Stoic author, right? Uh, <laughs> and for um, me, frankly. <laughs> um, that's, that's an impressive uh, way to go about that. We, when we stay focused, truly immersed in, in what we do, often we find that we are doing skills or have attitudes that we didn't know we had. And it's in those moments that that we really are setting the stage for, for brilliance to show. Um, it does it show every time, not necessarily, but, but it's the best way that we can create to, to gate ourselves for those opportunities and, um, and that present centered living. And, you know, the next point I was going to make is, is, is broadening our identity, which is kind of what you were getting at with, we find these things within ourselves. One area we can improve in during this time uh, regardless of participating in sport or not, is we don't usually have the time as athletes to to look at our whole self. We're so focused on just getting all the things done on our to-do list that we don't we don't 
spend a lot of time developing our, our sense of self outside of sport. And, you know, how we were able to do that is we, we learn our goals and our values and our identities, and we find passion in other areas that warrant our attention, that merit some of our energy. And uh, where that's showing up and what I love seeing uh, right now is activism in sport and, and athletes finding their voice and saying, no, this is important to me. And while I am an athlete, this part of me is not going to go away just because I'm performing right now. And it's okay that I use the platform that I have. And, and that, that's really helpful in increasing an athlete's ability to broaden that identity, which then creates more flexibility in times where, where, where we might be struggling. Well, I think anytime you spend energy silencing yourself, which so many have for so long, and are, are finally, you know, being able to find their voice and have that voice be amplified by good allies and all those things. I think it diminishes our uh, performance and not just performance on the field, but being able to um, get through tough times, you know, because when we can bring our whole self and all of our resources and all of our being to something, man, that is lights out. Boy, it is. I kind of, I'm getting excited as you talk. I kind of want to go play. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it, it is kind of a gift uh, to be able to use the whole self at, at times. And, and I think those are some of our best memories. When I look back on life, when I'm authentic and, and immersed and, and just enjoying what I'm doing, uh, those are the, the best memories and, and the best memories I have of my teammates and, and, and not just in sport, but my, my family and, and, and all of the things uh, that I've engaged in in my life. Um, it's just really important to, to keep track of, of, of what that genuine self is. And if we don't broaden our identity outside of all of the places we're spending our time, it's a lot harder to, to find those genuine moments. Absolutely. I think also there's... Um... You know, I, I talked about this on a, a podcast um, a while back with Dr. Michael Gervais. Like, you know, if you are only your sport, then there's too much fear on the line of losing mm. your identity when you play. Very, very wise, wise words. Um, you know, I, I think as I look back at these four things with grit, you know, our, our acceptance and, and being courageous, present, and, and broadening our identity. The, the one thing that we have to remember, what, what we can do is, is, is remember that our decisions in part will impact the potential for our seasons to continue or to be held. Yeah. You know, our campuses and conferences and, and, and other, other bodies that are governing us they're dictating our distancing measures, our protocols for practice, and all of these things. And these are important, and they're meant to keep us safe during the day. But our, our decisions on Friday nights, Saturday nights, uh, and at some campuses, Wednesdays and Thursdays nights, <laughs> uh, th those are important too. And as we, as we make wise decisions about how we're going about distancing, you know, we will have more... A more freedom to participate in the things that we want to participate in, even if there are those adjustments that we have to follow. So we really need to focus in on, on acting and using our freedoms within the context that we live. 
that's such a good point because, um, you know, I, I think part of, you know, kind of ignoring protocol or, or trying to do what's comfortable rather than what's, you know, safe is just trying to grab at some sense of normalcy. You know, it's, I, I teach classes here uh, on campus, and we had the option to teach in-person or do hybrid model or go totally online. And I decided to do the in-person one. And the first day of class, I, I showed up to class, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to leave it to them. I will shift it totally online if, any, if we're uncomfortable in here. And I put it to a vote, and uh, literally everyone said, nope, I want this in person. And and I think it speaks to, to what you're saying there. there we, we're grasping for normalcy. Anything that, that approaches, yes, this is my normal life, I think we want to do. It's hard sometimes to pivot, right? And there's, there's that notion that uh, Duckworth kind of talks about pivoting in business as well. And, and we all have to do it. And I just saw a story on the news last night about movie theaters. They're, they're having to shift. They have to do things differently or they're not going to make it. And, and we're not going to make it if we don't shift some of our expectations for what our context demands now. And one day we'll be back in sport and all things will normal, kind of like the post-Katrina uh, example you, you shared. Uh, but for now, we're going to do the best we can with what we can do. Yes. I think it is a time um, of opportunity to look at what are your long-term goals and why are you doing it? That's another thing that's come up in conversations and probably for you too about, okay, well, you may not be able to compete or your NCAA tournament with Victor, you know, may look incredibly different and not be an option. So why are you doing this? <laughs> and yes, that goes really back to, to who we are as people. What, what are my values and, and why is sport participation important? And ultimately I, I referenced that athlete. A lot of our discussion centered on that. Where, where do you want your life to go? Not just with football, but where are you heading, mm -hmm. right? And can I live congruent to that path? And if I'm not on that path, then what do I need to do to get on that path? So understanding yourself and, and, and especially your motivation as an athlete is going to be very important. And because if that's nebulous, then grit doesn't matter. We don't know what we're being gritty toward. Mm -hmm. And and we really need to know what that long-term why is. Yeah, I think, so, you know, one of the things that is true about me in whatever context is I, I just, I'm a hard worker. Like, I, that's who I am. If I'm building a Lego castle with my son, I'm working hard. Like, that's just, you know, <laughs> what I do. And I know that about myself. And I actually, you know, I like that about myself. Um and so it doesn't matter the context. So if, um, if I am working hard and all of a sudden I think, well, this thing may not pan out, like I may not get to do it, you know, like I'm planning something that may fall apart or whatever, I'm still going to work really hard because I'm, I'm doing that anyway, because it's just who I am. And so I think when we look at who we are rather than what we do, we can recognize these um, things about ourselves that carry us through hard times because the circumstances aren't telling us, they're not dictating our um, being, our behavior. You know, 
I, I really connect with what you're saying as, as uh, a competitor, as an athlete. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it didn't always work out, but I don't look back with regret on losses or poor performances because I really tried. I prepared well. I, I gave effort. And for those of you out in podcast world, uh, Josie is maybe the hardest worker I know. <laughs> I can validate uh, her, her self-report. Um, uh, but I think we can look back, even if it doesn't work out in, in, in giving that effort in developing all that we could, I can live with that loss. I can live with that a little bit more than if I didn't try and, and I look back and, and, and maybe my effort wasn't as good. So, you know, just to kind of keep going and with that focus in mind, and if it doesn't work out, I can still rest on the process, that the process was sound in and of itself. Yeah, I had a, a coach in high school that used to say, um, you know, I, I cannot deal with a loss. I want them to beat me. And a loss is when I beat myself or give up. Mm-hmm. And so make them beat you. And, and Good coach. <laughs> yeah, I really, I really like that because it shifted my like. I've done everything that I can. You can do everything right and still lose the game. You can be right. doing everything right and still contract COVID. You know, um, but knowing that you did everything that you could helps you sleep. You know, and be proud of what you put out there. I, I, yes, and and the the. What's been interesting when, when someone does test positive around you is how much shame that person feels. I can't believe I got this. And it's like, we're living in a pandemic. Like, we're going to get this, right? So uh, we don't need to shame ourselves. But what do we do with it? Did we, did we go out in public and spread it around? Or did we try to take care of everyone around us? I think, uh, you know, reducing that shame around all of our choices, including, say, opting out of sport, uh, there's no shame in in those things, uh, even though we, we we're quick to kind of pick that up if 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 it doesn't go well. Absolutely, I mean people opt out for health and safety, and you know um, it's just an important choice to respect. Um, so the definition that Duckworth has of grit um, may be a little different, but when I think of grit, I think of um, doing what I'm going to do and not allowing circumstances to diminish my fire. So connecting with your passion yeah. um, and, and keeping that energy. I think that is what, when, when, very buzzwordy phrase is COVID fatigue, right? Mm. And for me, that means uh, COVID is sucking our passion away from us, right? right? Yeah. And, and we do have to find a way to really stay passionate about things. Mm-hmm. Uh, here in Utah, we've been a little more, uh, how do I want to say, a little less restrictive in some ways. And my son's been playing high school football. And I'll, I, I just won't forget walking into the stadium for the first scrimmage, which was distant and all of things were different. But just to see the football being normal mm-hmm. um, was, it, it, it kind of rekindled. Uh, you know, like, oh man, I love sports. Like, <laughs> I really miss sports. And uh, and it's easy to forget when our context shifts, but if we can find ways to connect to that the best we can while we're in our current situation, then we're going to stay focused on that. And we will have long-term, long-term uh, goals in mind as we make our decisions. 
Well, and I think to draw a parallel, um, you know, in terms of things going on now, I mean, I look at um, the Black Lives Matter movement and, and the social justice issues that have been raised. And I mean, I can't imagine something more exhausting to someone who is black. I mean, it's exhausting to me and I'm not. So, you know, if I could be inspired by the people that are still speaking out and still uh, using their voice in their platform and uh, knowing that they're exhausted <laughs> by everything and, and they haven't let that um, draw their passion away, man, I can, I can make it through another Zoom meeting, you know? <laughs> yes, exactly. And even with that, there's, there's uh, a grind to, to finding uh, the energy to, to be an activist, right? Yeah. And to have that voice. And I, I saw one of our colleagues uh, a, a post uh, to Instagram, like, hey, take care of yourself. It's okay to take a break for a day or two from it. Mm -hmm. recharge. It doesn't mean that you've lost your passion. You just need a little bit of a break and then we can get back at it. Right. And, and if we are going to run the marathon, there are some miles where you go faster than others. And, right. and, um, I, I think that's wise to, to be mindful of self-care mm -hmm. uh, while you're trying to, to maintain that passion over a very long period of time. Well, I think some yeah. of that gets back to the, the self-compassion thing, because it's so easy to ignore, like, man, I, I don't need a break. Like that person's not taking a break or, um, you know, I should be refreshed. I'm just sitting there on Zoom, you know, but like having this compassion to say, no, I mean, this is hard and I can do hard things, but I can also take care of myself so I can continue to do difficult things. Yes. And, and, we are going to have ups and downs. Our, our energy will wax and wane. Um, we can still work. We still have willingness, um, but we have to be okay with needing breaks mm -hmm. and that we are going to make mistakes along the way, right? I, I, we, I don't think we can look back and say that we were perfect at things, but if our intent was there and the energy is there and the work ethic is there, then, then I think we can be okay recharging and, and needing to, to kind of refuel in order to keep that stamina. Yeah. You know, I, I just want to bounce back to something you said earlier that um, really resonated for me is that we have no control over the situation. We have a lot of things we can control a lot of, you know, ways that we can, things that we can do. Um, but the idea of certainty in so many things is just an illusion. I mean, anytime you're playing a sport, it could be your last play. You, you never know, really. It's just that it's expected a certain, um, that it's gonna go a certain way. And this certainly was not expected. <laughs> you know, I, when I was first starting out as a student therapist, uh, you know, back several years ago, we're not gonna enumerate that. Um, <laughs> I had a, a, a supervisor and, and uh, I was, we were watching video on a, a client that was talking about high levels of anxiety and worry. And he, he paused the tape and he looks at me and he says, you know, Tom, you could leave here today, walk outside that door and get hit by a bus. And he's like, you just don't think about that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's true. We could, 
every time we start a car, every time we fly in a plane, every time, you know, you, you look at this, there is some risk involved. But uh, what we tend, where we tend to get paralyzed is when we're, we're giving way too much power to, to those unlikelihoods. And, um, and the uncertainty that comes from nothing being 100%. Uh, I, I'm also, you know, reminded. You know, I've been married for for 20 plus years. You know, I don't think it's going to end, but I'm sure I could do something to screw that up, right? <laughs> and uh, I'm fairly certain I won't. But there still is a measure of uncertainty uh, in what that's taking a leap in a relationship, or a career choice, having a job offer. Is this the right thing for me? Uncertainty never leaves. It's never far from 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 our consciousness, uh, and how we mitigate that and how we incorporate that uncertainty into our life uh, shows a lot about uh, how we're willing to to sit with that discomfort and and become grittier, just accepting and and, and like I said, being comfortable maybe with the discomfort, right. and that that's a big part of of grittiness. That's cool. Well. Grit is uh, something that can be built and can be worked on. And um, so much of the self-acceptance piece, I mean, the, the acceptance piece and then the self-compassion piece. And um, it's just a great concept for the time right now. I found it pretty, pretty apropos to pretty much all of the contexts that we've, that we've been experiencing yeah. and, and the relevance is, is of utmost importance right now. Uh, but it's a great skill to carry with you after we're done with all of these contexts. It will help us be better uh, as, as a group, I think, if, if we're able to, to collectively find some grit. For sure. So the, the original concepts are in uh, Duckworth's book grit she also has a ted talk mm -hmm. and, um you know it's good stuff tom i really appreciate you coming back on i know um it was such an amazing experience for you the first time that uh, you've just been dreaming about coming back ever since i have i have it's it was it's spectacular and i think about nothing else literally absolutely well you're welcome so <laughs> <laughs> thanks josie <laughs> all right well stay safe Stay gritty, and uh, we will talk soon. Thanks. You too. Take care. <laughs> Again, a huge thank you to Dr. Tom Golightly and also to our producer, Graham Doty. If you're struggling at this time, please reach out to a licensed mental health professional in your area. We also want to hear from you about topics that you want to hear about. So reach out to us at info at holinskyshope.org. And let us know what would be helpful for you or your fellow athletes to hear us talk about. Share this podcast with anyone you believe would be helped by it. Subscribe to it, rate it, and review it because it helps other athletes find the podcast. And if you'd like to know more about Holinsky's Hope, including how to donate to help with all that they're doing to support student-athlete mental health and reduce the stigma that surrounds mental illness, visit www.holinskyshope.org. Please take care of yourself. Please take care of others and always have hope.